Throughout Black History Month, we are working to raise awareness of breast cancer disparities for black women, encouraging them to take charge of their breast health, and raising funds to eliminate barriers and reduce disparities in breast cancer outcomes for black women. Support for the Real Pink podcast comes from Merck and Amgen Oncology. Amgen Oncology strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies that have the power to restore health and save lives. Amgen is developing innovative medicines like biosimilars for difficult to treat cancers and is proud of their first in-class therapeutic approach aimed to dramatically improve outcomes. Learn more at amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Everyone is at risk of breast cancer, but some of us are at higher risk than others. We know that black women are about 40% more likely to die of breast cancer than white women. These disparities are unacceptable. Your race and where you live should not determine whether you live. Here today to help us learn how to stay on top of our breast health is Dr. April Spencer. Dr. Spencer, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Adam, I have to tell you, I'm so proud of you for making this a priority, not just in the month of October, but year round. So we can start the year off right. That's right. Well, it's so, it's so important. And it's so important to understand that there is a disparity. It's so important to understand how to get past that disparity. Mm-hmm. And it's just so important to continually get this message out. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really happy to talk with you again. Really enjoyed our last conversation back in 2019. And, uh, and here we are again in 2021. So first yeah. off, let's, let's remind our listeners, tell us about yourself and how you got involved in the breast cancer space. Sure. Uh, my name is Dr. April Spencer. I'm a board certified general surgeon. I trained at uh, Grady Hospital in Atlanta. I did a lot of trauma surgery, but while there, I had an opportunity to connect with some of the women in our breast cancer clinic. And unlike the traumas I was treating, I wouldn't see those patients again until there was another trauma, another gunshot, (laughs) another accident. But my breast cancer patients, not only did they look like me, we just connected over community and our gender and shared vision and shared values. And I had an opportunity to develop a relationship with these women and realize, you know what, it's not just about your breast health, but your best health. So I decided to go to MD Anderson Cancer Center to do a fellowship where I focused solely on breast cancer surgery. And I was fortunate enough to be accepting that fellowship, did well, finished and came back to Atlanta to help set up a breast center and then went off on my own and um, was involved with Coleman in the Atlanta area. So it gave me an opportunity to extend my reach of education outside of the four walls of the surgical suite or even my clinical practice. That's fantastic. So I'm, I'm thankful that you've chosen that path and that you're making just such a huge impact in the world. Let's start with some statistics. We know that breast cancer is the most common cancer among Black women in the U.S., What other factors and risk factors do you want Black women to be aware of as it relates to breast cancer? Yes. So in terms of whatever additional facts, one of the things that's unique to African-American women is that we are more likely to be diagnosed at a later stage. And we also, as you mentioned earlier, have a higher mortality rate than non-African-American women. And what makes this so unsettling is this is stage for stage, meaning it doesn't really matter if it's stage one versus stage four. 
you know, our mortality rate is, is higher, so we don't do as well. And we also have later and more aggressive forms of disease. One of the things that oftentimes has been pushed nationally is early detection. Mm-hmm. It's still extremely important to have early detection is better protection. But one of the things about African-American women is that we are getting our mammograms almost at a higher rate than the national average, which is 70%. And the national average is 69%, so slightly higher rate. So African-American women are getting screened. But I think one of the facts that we need to be clear on is that many African-American women, when they get a call back, they don't go back. Mm. And so the screening is taking place, but there is an opportunity to have some impact on a disparity in terms of the follow-up, the follow-through, and the treatment and that accessibility. Mm. And so that's a major factor. Another thing that a lot of people, that we don't talk a lot about, but having uh, children at after the age of 30 is an increased risk for breast cancer in all women, but particularly African-American women, we're the most educated demographic in the United States right now. And with that, what I call ambition addiction comes with oftentimes delay or decrease in self-care, i.e. Mm. exercise, poor diet, high stress. And so those can have contributing factors to elevating our risk for breast cancer. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great points. And so, you know, I, I think risk awareness is, is probably the first step. And so what advice would you give our listeners to help reduce their risk of breast cancer? The advice I would give to your listeners is simple as ABC. So the A is just being aware, being aware of your body. If you see something, say something. And that's not always a lump. That could be something as simple as nipple discharge or skin changes or a lump underneath the arm instead of in the breast. The other thing that's important is the B, behavior. A lot of things we can't change. We can't change our age. We can't change our gender or our race, but our behavior can make a, a positive impact. So what the data show currently is Exercise is extremely important in terms of reducing breast cancer, not only in women that have never been diagnosed, but also women that have been currently diagnosed. Two, diet. There's no one magic diet. Anywhere with diet is not a good thing. So I choose to say culinary choices. So that would include just making sure you have decreased intake of saturated fats, increased intake of fresh fruits and vegetables. There's a lot of data to show that vitamin D deficiency is associated with breast cancer. So make sure you get vitamin D, make sure you get sunlight when you have the vitamin D exposure. And also see just our culinary choices and our consumer choices. Be mindful that every time you sit down to eat, you're either feeding or fighting disease. And about 30 to 40% of all cancers are associated with what we are taking Mm. um, in terms of our diet and consumer choices. There are a lot of carcinogens in the environment, in our home, in our makeup and skincare products. So just be mindful, read the labels so that you can be proactive in protecting yourself. So those are the ABCs. So there's a statement you made and I I just want to repeat it because, wow, you said every time you sit down to eat, you're either feeding or fighting disease. That is a game changing statement right there. Yeah. It's 80% of our immune system is in our gut, Adam, and our immune system controls cancer. So, you know, we literally are what you eat. Like if you eat cancerous food, it can promote an Mm. environment where cancer can thrive or your body has a decreased ability to be able to fight. Yeah. Wow. So Dr. Spencer, you're a physician and I know the patient physician trust is, is just so important. So talk to me a little bit about how you build trust with your patients and how you work with them on their best treatment options. 
Yes, that is so important to establish patient trust. My practice philosophy is breast care with dignity and detail, but I always try to make sure my team understands the three C's, and that's customer service, competency, and compassion. Like you expect your clinician to have some competency, but I think where clinicians can stand out is if they have the compassion, to have the bedside manner. We're in, regardless of even pre-pandemic, we were in increased pressure, Adam, to see more patients, see them more quickly, try to be efficient in the visit. And a lot of times patients walk away feeling frustrated, feeling that they have not been validated or heard or not even understanding what the treatment plan is. So what I would encourage patients to do is to be your own advocate, get back in the driver's seat of your care. If you feel like you're not rowing in the same direction with your team, get a second or third opinion if you need to. And then I would encourage my clinicians to say, listen, I understand that we're all under increased pressure to perform and to get patients in and out efficiently and maintain that integrity and compassion, but have a follow-up phone call. Have an opportunity where you can even, with the Zoom calls now being more prevalent, I've had patients where I say, listen, I know we couldn't finish our conversation in the clinic, but I'd be more than happy to follow with the Zoom call that's more convenient for you. If you have some lingering questions that came up when you were in the parking lot or once you get home, it just doesn't have to take an hour. So all patients need is they want to be seen. So bedside is extremely important. People have died, literally Adam, died from a lack of care because they were so jaded and so angry with their care team that they felt like, you know what, I can do this on my own. Mm. And obviously that wasn't sustainable because you increase your mortality if you don't get treatment. Yeah, Patients should not feel that um, invalidated that they'd rather not get any treatment at all than be treated the way that they were mm. treated with their first healthcare providers. So there's certainly some opportunity there, but be your own advocate. Those are such, such important points. Um, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for your patients. I think you must have a, a wonderful relationship with them. So last question I know raising awareness and helping educate women about breast cancer is a huge priority for you. What else would you like our listeners to know? For many years, we have done an excellent job at raising awareness, Adam, but I think now in 2021, we've learned so much about what's really, truly important, and that's family, our mental health, our um, cycles, minimize our psychosocial stressors. So our priority moving forward is, is of course, continue to raise awareness with the mammograms and doing yourself breast exams and see your clinician, but we've got to move to action. What is action? Empowering people to know, listen, you can impact your health. And if you have been diagnosed with breast cancer and you're listening to this podcast, I just want to encourage you and remind you that you may have breast cancer, but it doesn't have you. Mm. This bump in the breast is like a bump in the road. You're going to get over it. You go under it. You go around it. But don't be discouraged. You know, there is value in the valley. And this too shall pass with a great team and a wonderful attitude. You can definitely go from your breast health to your best health. I love that. I love that. Well, Dr. Spencer, again, thank you so much for joining me on this show. And we'll look forward to having you back again sometime soon. It was only a pleasure. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. Thanks to Merck and Amgen Oncology for supporting the Real Pink podcast. 
Amgen Oncology Biosimilars are backed by four decades of experience in the research, development, manufacturing, and supply of originator biologics. Learn more and join the conversation at the Amgen Biotech Facebook page or amgen.com.